0: Welcome to the BizDad Podcast, where we dive into the melding of fathership and entrepreneurship with your host, the original BizDad himself, Adam Labar. Adam is a Christian, a former Air Force officer, a dad to three amazing kids, a coach, a real estate investor, and a business owner. On this podcast, he'll explore the unique journeys of amazing dads who are striving for greatness in both business and family. So whether you're a dad who is an aspiring entrepreneur, a seasoned business owner, or simply a man striving to be a better dad, get ready as the BizDad brings you conversations to inspire, challenge, and equip you to be a better dad and entrepreneur. And now, here's Adam. Adam.
1: What is going on, everybody? Welcome to uh, the Biz Dad Podcast. Today, I have a uh, a good friend of mine. We spent a solid week together doing some fun uh, Tony Robbins events, uh, event, and having having a great time. But um, he is another uh, amazing dad to chat with. uh, Fantastic business owner. I look forward to him kind of uh, sharing his uh, his knowledge. We we shared a lot of stuff back and forth in that in that full week we spent together. But um, I look forward to. uh, Everybody listening, learning a lot from uh, from Mr. Anthony Graff jumping on the podcast. So, uh, Anthony, I'm going to turn it over to you. Kind of give us an introduction: who you are, your family, kind of your business, and let's uh, let's roll from there.
2: Sure. Well, first, I want to say I'm um, so happy to see you, and so honored to be here. I I really connected with you and your wife. I felt like uh, we were like minded people. Obviously, being at a special event like that, but at the time, my wife was not there and. Uh, I I was really really um, jealous. That's not the word we use, but uh, I would I admired the relationship you had with your wife, and I think we connected because obviously my passion is children, and your passion is your family. Obviously, and that's the foundation of everything that you do. So we talked for hours on end and just went off in on tangents and different directions, and it made me feel very connected to you and your wife. So uh, I can't wait to see you guys again in person, and but uh, this will have to do for now. Um, yeah. So let me start with a little bit of my background. I am a, I, I'm, a, I'm a business owner. I have uh, uh, two martial arts schools and a gym. Our gym uh, specifically works with children. I used to work with children and adults, but one of my favorite quotes is, it's easier to build strong children than to fix broken men. And that's by Frederick mm-hmm. Douglass. And I truly believe that. And I may, made it my mission in life to give par- uh, parents and kids the tools to know that they are enough. So uh, hopefully, if anybody's watching this, I'm sure that you can have some good, solid takeaways. Now, some of my my background is uh, I'm a lifelong martial artist. Uh, I was an alternate for two Olympic Games. Uh, I was number one in the United States for about uh, 10 years in the sport of taekwondo. I run two martial arts schools and we teach uh, boxing, kravaga, taekwondo, and jiu-jitsu, and Kali, but that's not what we really teach. What we really teach is character development. So, what when, uh, prior to starting this podcast, we were talking about my specialty. My specialty is to work on uh, the psychology of children, giving them the tools, the 80% between the ears, not the 20%, which is their mechanics. And we Even though I grew up, and obviously, if you look in my office, there's not one medal around it. I have enough medals to fill several rooms. But I I made it a mission that my goal for the kids was not to compare. Uh, As well as sport is important, it's not to be better than or as good as me. It's to be the best version of yourself. And everybody has their own story to be written in in that sense. So I love that in my life uh, and my passion – In my mission and in my business, I get to do what I love, and that's to impact lives in a positive manner. I have um, a beautiful wife who is a a fourth-degree black belt. She was a World University game silver medalist in Taekwondo. We met over 20 years ago. Um, My my daughter is uh, is the youngest black belt we've ever had in our school. Uh, Obviously, by default, it's not because of, of nepotism, but because uh, in the graph family, we are about consistency and, uh, they are not allowed to miss a day. So it's kind of funny. We, we talked about Malcolm Gladwell before. And, um, in, in the outliers, we talk about the amount of time you put it in and in the graph household, my kids, they are not allowed to miss any activity. You know, it's gotta be something they gotta get hit by a truck before they miss because we're, I don't what their effort that day is up to them, but it's more important that they are consistent. Because at the end of the day, they need to have those 10,000 hours in. And they're going to realize that the difference makes uh, of, of whoever it is, whether in, in, be it be in business or whether it be in sport. If you put more time in, you will get further ahead. Um, and, okay, and my wife, she's a, a, a martial artist and also a, a fantastic photographer. We are both uh, really into fitness. Our house house is a um, as a gym, spa, uh, whatever you want to call it, because all we do is care about our wellness and trying to get ourselves better. And not only do we do it for ourselves, but we do it because if we know that the kids are watching.
0: Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah, we talked about multiple times where you know it. it the the teaching that you're giving your kids is it's caught not taught right they're they're seeing everything that you're doing and that's that's what they're going to pick up on so if they're seeing you work out they just know that that's an important part of what we're doing and they want to work out too you know and that's just part of who they are so and you are extremely consistent on the working outside of the house it was uh you know like it, when we spent that week together, I it made me want to stretch and work out more just being around you guys because you guys were all like constantly stretching, constantly working out, constantly making sure your muscles were in the right shape and doing the right stuff. And you know, obviously, we were working on a bunch of mental stuff, we doing anything Tony Robbins. So it was just uh, um, what an experience to kind of watch you guys work through that.
2: Well, thank you, and and that's that's the truth of, of anything is that you know you can you always have to take a, a leadership position in wherever you're at, and obviously mm-hmm. that's the one thing that. That I can do, like I know that in, in the sense that I, I have a path that I have to be disciplined and, and stick to. Um, or even when I'm injured, like if I have a back injury, there's something I could do to work around it. Mm-hmm. And we teach that to our kids, not just through example, but through storytelling. And that's one of my biggest, um, ways to teach is by storytelling. And, um, when we talk about to, to take it back a notch, and you talk about the uh, identity uh, there's something there's a phrase that we use in our household and in my martial arts school and it's very powerful and it's this we are the type of people who and um mm-hmm. if you think about this um i you know i was working out and uh i, yeah, I posted something on instagram and had me with my shirt off and a friend of mine posted he's from germany he was an olympian and he says, you, you, you're, you're a, a damn Viking. And I was like, <laughs> he's like, your, your genetics of what you come from is a different, something different, you know? And, um, he said, you're amazing, bro. And I go, I, wow, those, that's powerful words. Because if you believe that you're, um, something special, if you believe you're cut mm-hmm. from a different cult, like if, if I, if I, if you grow up and you say that labars are the type of people who always tell the truth, that's your identity. I mean, and honestly, if you leave that, I feel like the, the graphs are the type of people that, that if, if our leg falls off, we hop for the rest of the race.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, if the other leg falls off, we go Monty Python, we start crawling, you know, whatever it may be. Right. <laughs> That's we just go, it's just <laughs> exactly. So, um, you know, and we tell my kids to the point when we see it works and, um, I'll give you an example. I ran with my daughter. I can go into like a hundred different stores and running with my daughter, but, and, um, my shoe was untied and I stop. I would go and I go, we're the type of people who, and this is right. Who don't stop to tie our shoe while everybody else does. But everybody else stops to tie their shoe. We keep running and I'd finish. And obviously like later down the road, I tie my shoe. Well, this is where it, it, that was a metaphor. <laughs> and she took this as a literal translation. Yeah. And we went to um, – we did a, a turkey trot, a 5K. Mind you, she's run eight 5Ks. She's nine years old. She's about to be 10. Awesome. There's a way to build that too. That's the consistency yeah. is key thing and not getting greedy. Um, we She loses her shoe. She picks it up. And she loses her shoes the first 400 meters, and she runs the rest of the 5K with one shoe in her hand. <laughs> and she tells me that this – and she thinks I'm going to be extremely proud. And I'm like – the, and I I get the, uh, the the sentiment, but but ideally, she this is the power. We are the type of people who, mm-hmm. right? Because she ran the rest of the race of the tech, and I was like, you you could do that at the last four hundred meters, <laughs> not yeah. at the first four hundred meters. <laughs> like you have to understand that. Like that's the that's the idea of it. But that, that's just and obviously, she this is a learning experience for her. Yeah. But I'm. But the the character is more important, and I have to understand that. And I said I'm so proud of you for not giving up because I also want to say, yeah. hey, "Hey, you idiot, put your shoe on right, yeah. like You're like, the the on like the
1: bottom of your foot." Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> and uh, but I, you know, and that's because I ran. She ran the race by herself, and I ran with my son at that time.
0: Mm-hmm. So,
2: um, but that you know that that is so powerful. And I mean, my dad did it with me unconsciously. Like uh, you know, obviously they our parents. And obviously your dad was very conscious, my, but my dad was really, really old school. You know, he my dad just, he had passed, he'd be 90 years old right now, just so you know. So he was, he grew up post-war in Germany or during the war mm-hmm. in Germany and like just really old school. But one powerful thing that he said to me over and over again, he goes, you're a graph, you're strong. And, uh, and that really formed my identity right and I didn't be, me, didn't force me to be a martyr. it forced me to understand almost to the point where I, I became a fighter because i believe I believed that was so tough, right That yeah. was just such a and it, and words are powerful in the coaching aspect right like they are they not only that, he led by example, I would see him get bit by a dog and f- grab the dog and rip him the, the no- by his nose and grab him by his snout, and I'd be <laughs> like, "This is the toughest man I've ever seen in my life, you know so
1: yeah but that's, um, that's uh i i think that it, getting those 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 moments like there's there's always something from our past from our dads uh from our moms um that we that we kind of um grab a hold of and that clearly was one that you grabbed a hold of on that uh and literally in the case of the dog for your dad but um but uh you know it it's like a uh, i love hearing those types of stories and the the fact that that it has such an impact on you because i think that that we can impact our kids in more ways than we ever think imaginable. Um, and if we actually sit down and realize what our parents did to impact us it it, like, it's huge. It could be good. It could be bad. It could be, it could be neutral, but there's still an impact there. Um, I would say, well, I say it could be neutral. And then as I say it, I, I doubt that there is such thing as a, a neutral impact, right? It's either going to be good or bad. There's going to be something to take from it. Um, uh, because you, it could be a terrible thing that you turn into good. It could be a good thing that you turn that you that you turned to terrible, right? But um, so let's let's actually go back to that and talk about your dad a little bit, your upbringing. Let me help, like it sounds amazing. That I, I, I would love to hear a little bit about his his past, his background, understanding like growing up in, in Germany during the war, and 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 then uh, you know how you know you being raised by him. Kind of what did you see out of that? I know I learned a, an incredible amount once I learned a little bit more about the background of my dad and. The things that he experienced, the abuse that he suffered, and various different things. So now it, it, you know, it made a new light for me on on how I looked at my dad. And I thought, just kind of break that down with you, and kind of let's hear a little bit yeah, about can, your upbringing. There. And
2: can I ask you a question. When did you When did yeah. you finally get to learn that about your
1: dad? Um, I was an adult. I was definitely older before I learned of it, me. right? So, and that's when I really started to click in my brain. Like, wow, I didn't realize you know growing up it was one of those oh my dad just doesn't understand this or he just doesn't care about that and blah 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 and then he realized later on like he was doing the absolute best he possibly could with what he was given he had no good framework to be a good dad so you know he provided for us and he you know he he worked and that was what he knew to do like he did he never beat us he never hit us he gave you know he provided a roof over our head that that was a success in his brain you know um and it's so That's funny to see that? Saw, so
2: and it's so challenging when uh, you know when a, a, a father passes too soon and somebody's not able to ha- get that moment with and I, and I yeah. see that moment with my father because my father had like this this uh, you know pain toward his dad um you know obviously his dad was like I'm talking pre-world war 2 like mm-hmm. born in the 1900s i mean like he like he carried a knife with him my fa- uh, my, my dad never opened up about this stuff but my aunt told me that you know you know one day he came home and he cut my father you know with a knife because they carried knives back then i don't know if you ever followed, like watched world war 2 stuff and like mm-hmm. like everybody carried a knife like that like they, there was a that was a part of the culture and um, and he cut my father you know but my father is like a now empathy who's probably a jerk teen right coming at you know mm-hmm. stro- trying to tune whatever it may be and probably be put in his place but my he died in my in my dad's arms his his father when he was 22 and um i I just think about like 22 prior what if you're still an adolescent and you Mm -hmm. don't have this ability to forgive or understand i can only imagine if he made it another 20 years he like my father's perspective may have shifted right he could have had these conversations like i did this with him but you know it, my when I had these conversations with my dad for the first time, it was when we drove to Colorado and I went out to the Olympic training center and I was, I was uh, 19 years old and that's when like things shifted with me in my life because I, I was able to actually listen to my dad's side and um, I can only empathize because he never was able to uh, get that experience with his father. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Like yeah. I, I can only yeah. imagine that the, the, the you know the machismo. Uh, right, I'm using a Spanish word, right? Of a yeah. of of a man who's born in the in 1800s. Uh, you know, trying to open up to his son. That's not happening, mm-hmm. right? Until you become a broken man and you're close to death, and then you can get kind of like start to do that. But that's the challenging part, right? Um, but oh, yeah, that's that's a that's a, that's a lot. But now, eventually, I, I totally get that because when as we're older men. And I asked you because I have a very similar story and I figured by the time we start understanding it, we are, you know, the the adolescent brain develops to the age of 24. Mm -hmm. So uh, when we start to hear the story, we're closer to either men or we're closer to men and we understand the perils of men and the idea of being a provider and, you know, understanding that this is in my nature to be here for somebody else. And sometimes we have this hindsight and we don't think about feelings.
1: Yeah. 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 For sure, yeah. and we we don't want to talk about it at that point either, right? Because we've got so much testosterone flowing through our body. It's like I'm t- talking about my feelings, you out of your mind, you know. And then of course that testosterone leads to the more disdain for what's going on, and it just what a mess, you know. It's a if we can break the cycle early and have that conversation early, that's all the better, right? But man,
2: I I can I can tell you what really changed things for me was my mentors. Mm-hmm. So I had my my well, we call him Solomon, my my instructor and his family. Um, so one time I, when I was 17 years old, I came home from a a competition and we used to travel everywhere in a car. And I used to be in the back of an Impala, like laying down, like just, you know, squeezing in and my instructor and his father would take me and their their relationship was beautiful. Like they would kiss each other. They were Greek, you know, they would always, Mm -hmm. the father was always there. They were very, always communicating. And, and, um, one day I came home and my dad wasn't a big drinker. he drank. Like, but he wasn't like, he drank occasionally. And I came home and it was the same night as this big German party called the Baumbo. Right. So he does like German dancing comes home and he comes home and he's smashed. Right. And I'm 17. And as I'm laughing, I'm like trying to help him come stairs, and gets me in a headlock. And this is my father goes, how come you don't kiss me? goodnight anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, he's like holding me like this. And I'm like, I thought he wanted me to be a man. So I'd be like, I would just say, good night, dad. And I'd go upstairs, like Mm -hmm. all through my teenage years. And I was 17 and it clicked for me. And I go, Oh, and then from that moment on, it changed my whole life with my dad. Um, Every time anybody's ever seen me with my dad, I had my arm around him. I was kissing him. I was holding him. I gave my dad a different level of affection at 17. I switched from that thing. It was, it broke my heart. Yeah. It broke my heart to say that, like you're, you're, you're not being a good son right and I'm like and that's not who I wanted to be I just I was th- I was being who I thought he needed me to be yeah and it just it took some truth theorem for him to kind of like say hey yeah. I need you to be like this yeah. and every time anybody ever saw me with my father I was kissing him hugging him had my arm around him it was like I would like hold his hand you know in a market you know what I mean like and mm-hmm. and, and not ashamed at all and to the day that he died. You know, and then I I can only imagine if that moment never happened in my life, what would our relationship been like? But I I was lucky because I did have, you know, mentors and role models who give me an example of like, oh, it's okay to hug and kiss your father, right? Coming from Mm -hmm. a Greek culture. They were, you know, instead of just a straight up handshake, I got to turn down muscle and pull you in and (laughs) I'm this close to giving you an elbow, right? Right. So, yeah, yeah. and Yeah, and 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 I was very, very blessed to have several mentors and coaches to give me such tremendous advice and life um that uh, that i take that responsibility right now and i know that that how powerful that could be especially in my teenage years because in teenage years you know i heard you and your father talk about the proximity Mm -hmm. right he says like uh, the 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 groups you're in they said um the five what's the word
1: around most yeah
2: five five people you hang around most right and I was very blessed to, to be around these amazing people.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: but in your teenage years, you don't have as much control of that stuff. Yeah. And I was fortunate enough to be around my instructors, that they're not my parents, because you stop listening to your parents because mm-hmm. they become parakeets. Yep. And you start listening to your mentors or your peers. And teenage peers are idiots. Mm-hmm. They're just they're hormone driven. Most of them don't have like this level of, uh, of understanding of the world yet. And, um, you know, they're kids. I mean, a few years ago, they were just, you know, in, in diapers, right? Yeah. And, it, and don't, don't get me wrong, there's, but there's, there's levels of, of understanding and just people who are naturally compassionate. But the truth of the matter is, is that it, how do we control this environment? Well, we have to make sure that they have positive role models and mentors outside of our parents. And then they have to have a, a positive community. Now, can I control their school? No. But I can put them in... Um, I could set them up for success by putting them in places that I know, like church groups, right? Or, mm-hmm. or, uh, or in a, a martial arts setting. But a place that I know that there's a higher chance that they're going to do better. Yeah. Because don't get me wrong, people do bad things because they're people. Yeah. But I'm, I'm trying to err on the side of caution, right?
1: for sure. And I mean that's a as a dad that should be your I mean that is your responsibility anyways to make sure that you're providing the best environment for your kids to to grow up and thrive and um, you know I, I always tell my boys my my goal is to make you better men than me, right? So it's right. it's hard to make them better men than me if I don't put them in an environment that, you know, allows that to happen. So, you know, if I'm if I'm constantly putting them in an environment or just letting them choose their environment, then they're going to be uh, maybe better boys than me, but certainly they're going to have a hard time being better men than me, you know, like that's a, a you know, and that, that's one thing I've talked about. This is a small tangent, but um, I was recently talking at my church and um somebody, they were asking about uh, different life groups that we like to do. And I said, I'm am sick and tired of seeing 40 year old boys walking around. Like what happened to 40 year old men? Why don't we have 40 year old men? Like we have all these boys who are just addicted to their phones and addicted to, you know, the, the same childish things and not like raising their kids in a proper manner and not doing all that. Like we need to. As business owners and um, uh, entrepreneurs, oftentimes we have our own coaches. We have our own stuff where we're putting our, our, you know, helping feed our brain and all this stuff. But are we taking the same intent with our kids and making sure that they have the right mentors and the right coaches around them? You know, like be like that's part of leading as a father, as part of leading as a man, is making sure that your your kids are are getting the same kind of benefits that you're trying to get. You know,
2: can I tell you something beautiful about you, if you don't mind? If I just blow some smoke real quick. And I'm going to oh, show you a push. picture. right? Can I show you a picture? I have this in one of my parenting clinics. I don't know if you can see it. Can you see it? Yes. Right? So yep. it's, um, this is uh, a father and a son, right? Um, now, I think that what the challenge in this picture is um, there's a father and he's giving a piece of himself to, 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 to his son. Yep. But what's missing is uh, something that you have is that you have, if he continues to do that, he has nothing left to give unless mm-hmm. he grows himself. And you have a beautiful skill, and it's a honed skill. I don't know how much of it is nature, but I know it's nurture, is your ability to communicate and lead. And I think as a parent, you can, remember this, you cannot make people do anything. I can't make you go, buy a car. The only thing I can do is I can inspire you and influence you. Yeah. So yeah. as a as an parent, and then now how good are you at that? Because I remember, I talk to parents regularly that don't have this skill of communication. That they just are—they're not speaking their language. Mm-hmm. Right? If you're the five love languages, like I might be cleaning the house for my wife, right, and she does not receive love that way. But if I tell her she's beautiful, she she she'd melt because yeah. I'm not speaking to her. And as a parent, you you have to be able to. You know, or just as a leader in general, but as a parent, you have to be able to communicate because you have different children and they're going to speak differently. Mm-hmm. You have a kid that is going to be emotional and you're going to have a kid that's completely logical. So if you have a kid that's emotional and you want to say the same thing that your father said, he said, um, um, the show me your five friends, right? Yeah. Show me your five friends. And I'm your." Oh, you said that as well. But yeah. What's another way to say that, you know, show me your friends and I'll show you who you are. That's emotional. Yeah. You know yeah. uh, you don't and um so the other one is that the if you want to do numbers we do five friends and statistically you're gonna be this one so are you speaking to this person in the language that they understand mm-hmm. right and yeah. uh, like so you know or you might if you're, if you're you say you lie with dog you lie with dogs you can't fleas right like whatever it may be you got to speak to them in the manner that they understand and you know I had a friend of mine his names Casey Bergner he was uh, both of him and him and I were uh, alternates for 2008 Olympics and he went around the United States teaching Olympic weightlifting. He was a part of the CrossFit boom when they were mm-hmm. teaching Olympic weightlifting. And I go, Casey, what did you learn um from you know going around the, the United States teaching all you know all these people Olympic lifting? He said, I learned a thousand ways to say the same thing. Yeah. And that's what coaching is. Like, can yeah. I pivot? Can I if you're not listening, am I absorbing this? Can I can I teach it in a different manner?
1: Yeah. For sure. And so, I mean, you obviously coach a lot of different kids and you're going through a lot of different, like, there's got to be a lot of trial and error and how to figure out what's the, have you found easier ways or harder ways to kind of like to say, hey, how do I know how to speak to this child? Do you have like specific things in your brain where you go, okay, well, there's there's basically these six types of kids that I end up coaching. And if I'm talking to one of these types, then I talk this way. If I'm talking to one of these types, like, do you have any tips, tricks, thoughts on like with the experience you have
2: there? I have a lot, so let me start with number one, which is ironically enough, and I, you know, we, you pointed this out before we started this. Yeah. So there's two wolves on here. A friend of mine. This is his martial arts school. It's called True Martial Arts, and he um, he put um, two wolves on it because it was based on the story I taught at a at a, a certification that I was te- I was giving, and um, it, it's it's an old Navajo story, and it goes like this. Um, there was a young native American boy and he's sitting around the campfire with his grandfather. And he says, uh, grandfather, you know, why are some people so good and some people so bad? And the grandfather says, my grandson, inside of every person, there are two wolves. There's a good wolf and a bad wolf. The good wolf lives in peace in and harmony only takes what it needs from the land and it thrives off of the growth and enjoyment of other people it's a peaceful wolf. The bad wolf kills for sport. It thrives off of pain, anguish. It wants to see people hurt and pain around it. And uh, the young Native American boy sits for a second and says, well, grandfather, I understand that there's two wolves inside of me, a good wolf and a bad wolf, and two wolves inside of you. But which wolf is stronger? And the grandfather says, whichever you feed
1: the one you feed the most yeah that makes sense
2: and so i always say that look people make mistakes you know whatever it may be you you have a you have a you have an 8 year old boy he will lie but mm-hmm. if you continue to lie you're a liar yes the yeah. so which wolf are you feeding right and i ideally you you're you're this is the process now we we have we have a saying in my coaching staff the be the behaviors you praise are the child you raise Mm-hmm. So let's say your kid smacks your other kid and you giggle. What did you just do?
1: Uh, I had a positive reaction in his brain for what he just did. And I'm teaching him did. that that's an okay thing.
2: He say, and you're like, no, and you're smiling, right? Like, so what happens is we have to understand. Now I'll give you the, the, the fundamental example of this. And your kid falls. Like, because we always say this, I'm going to jump off topic for a second what's the number if you could pick one trait for your daughter and your boys one character trait for them what would it be
1: boy that's one. a tough one
2: just quickly off the top of your uh, brain if you
1: the, well the top of my brain was affected by what you just said which resilience comes to my brain from what you just okay, said stop. right time so. out that's that's okay so
2: maybe i maybe i did a power <laughs> suggestion in there right so but resilience is yeah. is as our number one um in my wife and I, we designed resilience is, is top, and I can go back to that in a second because I have a whole segment of talking about res- building resilience in children in good times, All right. And um, so your kid falls down, and you what is what is your tip- The typical reaction is, "Oh, poor baby, come here, let me kiss it." So when your kid falls down and you kiss it, what do they what do they understand? That martyrdom equals hugs and ki- love,
1: mm-hmm.
2: yes. So they, then your kid falls for no reason, and they go, they want to kiss. Yeah. And, uh, and and it's your instinct to go, yeah, I'm just going to take care of my kid. But, you know, um, doing like, – that's not necessarily going to build the kind of kid that you want because you're not yeah. praising the behavior you want. So what we do is I go uh, – we actually have a system. In my school, it's a little bit different. But my kid falls down. I don't say, are you okay? I go, you're Okay. I go, thanks for being tough. You're a graph. You're the toughest kid I know. Awesome job. Yeah, and then now my kids, they'll get hit by a bat and they'll limp it off because we've mm-hmm. kind of fed this. And why do we want resili- uh, resilience as um, as such – is so important for us because tragedy is inevitable. Bad things yeah. are going to happen to our kids. And I want them to be able to bounce back and not crumble. And I think that's the greatest skill we could teach them because it, 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 you know um, we're just priming them for life. Right. Yeah. For sure. um, and, and, you know, there, I go by this this quote. I have actually have I mean, it here because um, I, I, I always forget it. It's um, so hard times create strong men, strong men create good times, good times create weak men, and weak men create hard times. Yep. So, what does that mean? Obviously, we're in good times right now. So, what does that mean? My, my child's going to be weak. So what I have to do is consciously understand the behaviors I'm feeding. But not only that, but also, this is probably, this is the top tier advice right now. Self-esteem in children is built from doing difficult things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I get you, if you turn the, the camera and you pointed at all the things that you have displayed over there, besides the, the, the things that bring you love, there are the hardest things that you've ever been through in your life. Some of them, because you are proud of the things that you had to overcome, right? Whether it mm-hmm. be the military, I see flying is fu- Flying a plane is fun. Yes. <laughs> these are, yeah. these are, these, you are proud of the things that are difficult. Nobody brags about how cush their life was. So how do we make our kids? How do we build self-esteem of our kids in a time where everything can be easy? We create artificial challenges for them for sure. Whether it be sport or you just do hard things. Like people ask me, like they think it's borderline abuse that my daughter is running eight, five K's. You know by the time and i'm like we're oh, making phenomenal. her yeah. yeah and i go and exactly because what happens is what's next how do i build yeah. her self-esteem how do i do how do my my son does you know, can do front flips and break boards because i'm constantly pushing them to be the best version of themselves i'm not greedy and trying to make them do a front flip the first day mm-hmm. you know so you know we but i understand that they're like the one thing that we are in the graph household is consistent and we're consistent not only in that, but also in the things that we feed. Like we're, uh, we understand that to, to the, to the, to the core that the behavior I feed will grow. Mm-hmm. So, sure. I, I, um, so the bottom line is that's the first step to the, the graph household of parenting is being conscious of the behaviors that we feed and, and celebrate. Not only that, but we are, we're very big on like anchoring, um, uh, I'll give you an example. Uh, so we, we talk about, you know, we do Tony Robbins event and they, they say mm-hmm. that this, this core thing is this, um, whose love did you crave more? Right. That's a big thing. Your mom's or your dad's. And that's the first question they ask. And then they ask, um, who, who do you have to be to get that love? So, th- and I love that because it's like so simple in the understanding of our psychology because i understand how much it affected me because when i first heard that it reminded me of i i bought my house i bought this i have a big house it's a five bedroom five bath like two story and i realized it's, it was kind of it had like a lot of similar traits to the house i grew up in and mm-hmm. my father comes in as you know there was the lot because it was a new construction and he walks in the house next door he so he I and mean, he walked into mine because it was the thing And he saw mine and he goes, why so big? And I, it broke my heart because then I, but then I realized, oh, I bought this house for him. Yeah. I bought this house for him. I I thought this house is who I needed. And then at that moment I realized, I was like, okay, I I love my house, but I did it for my dad. And then you start to realize that. So understanding that, I was like, how powerful that is. I am. I consciously anchor things into my children, like who they need to be for, for to, to receive my love. So I'll, I'll give you an example. Every time I run with my daughter, I don't make it a painful experience. We run. We started with uh, two hundred meters when she was almost seven, mm-hmm. and we slowly built. But now we're up to the point where we do two miles and uh, regularly, and when we, and then we shoot for three once in a while and every. Really far fetched. We go for four if she's feeling ambitious. So we'll do two miles. So we'll run, and when we run, we talk. Hey, Dub, and it starts every time like this. You know what? This you know what the best part of my day is. She goes, I know, Dad. I go, This is the best part of my day. I love this so much. So what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to consciously associate my daughter uh, love and fitness together. Mm-hmm. So when my when I pass and I'm long gun and she goes for a long distance run, she's gonna think she's gonna feel love. Yeah. Just like my dad, when I he celebrated me, he would take me for ice cream. So now, like like a little fat boy, as soon as I sad, I start eating ice cream, right? (laughs) Because I associate like this love with ice cream. Yeah. Not a long distance run. So my, you know, that's my that that's my goal is like reverse understand engineering engineering understanding the the what people are right people are Mm -hmm. at the end of the day the core is whose love do i crave more and who do i have to be to get that love whether it be a good student you know a cutthroat a business person you know uh, or just patient loving whatever it is it has to be celebrated right they have to understand they get the most amount of love so my both my daughter she gets honor roll we go nuts we throw parties we do like we anchoring we're making a a pattern disrupt to understand that this has to be a core memory yeah that she oh she remembers oh hard work equals celebration Mm -hmm. right instead of you know like we can people unconscious if you're not conscious of it it's just gonna end up being all your bad behaviors anyway
1: yeah right so And, and i think that you it, it sounds like that you you already know kind of what those core behaviors are that you want to celebrate to begin with and then figuring out what it is that they're doing that model those behaviors. You know, so like in, in ADPI, we have we have some core vi- core values for our, our business and we want to be able to and, and we do rather often. Um, if somebody's showing those core values, like we already know what the core values are. If somebody's showing those, we celebrate those core values. What you're showing right now is relentless. And I love that. That's one of our core values. You're being relentless. And so it's almost your family core values. And when you're seeing those, that hard work, when you're seeing the strong fitness, you're, those are your anchors, like your family's core values. Um, I don't know if you have them written out like that, but that is it, it, mentally kind of what I'm seeing is, is some core values that your family has and you anchor everything to those.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And the, the easy part for me is, Um, when we have in our martial arts training for my kids, it's not optional in my, in the graph household, because we say it's, it's not the, I'm not making my kids compete. I'm not trying to have them go to the Olympics or try to do anything else, but what the the values that they're going to get out of the teaching and the skills that we teach every week, whether it be from the storing, um, we have what we, a powerful word. So my kids, and I've, I've run this through, I've had like test runs if you talk to any of my kids that are in their teenage years and they have a conversation with them, you will have a sense of wisdom. Like these kids are deep because since they were five or six years old, we were sitting down and we were saying a leader is somebody who knows the way shows the way and goes the way. And then we'll tell the whole story based on that. And then we'll talk about just basic fundamental values that, that we use every day. I mean, obviously we have something we call the black belt success cycle. Everything ingrained in my martial arts program is me Coloring and designing. I literally have Tony Robbins' six human needs in my program, <laughs> like for my black belts. And they have to know them and they have to understand them because I think it's one of the best templates for uh, understanding people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we we are we are. This is like I generally resilience is the top of my of of everything uh, that we do in our house. Being physically fit, uh, uh, well, and um, understanding that we are capable of doing a lot. Right, so my kids have a tremendous endurance. if you looked at their schedules, once again, some people will think of it as abuse.
1: Mm-hmm. but
2: anybody who has a kid over the summer realize if you do idle time is yeah. the
1: devil's idle worship hands are the devil's worship, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah right so yep. and we we and I know that like we, we're doing is we're giving, and here's the thing is my kids self-esteem is through the roof. They're very confident. And the reason is we have I, um, built their skills. And I know that for me, because I didn't have prior to going to being in martial arts. I had this, I, I you were at um, a date with destiny and I had a breakthrough mm-hmm. moment and I was shaking uncontrollably. I'm not a crier. I'll tear, you know, especially after having kids, you're like, but I right. was like, they put me, they put us through that, like a process. And it was, I one not say it was, it, it it was for me it was very it was very deep so i was able to kind of step into my body as a child and i felt so much pain i felt so much pain as a five-year-old and then i stepped into my body as a nine-year-old i felt even more pain and i was shaking and crying and then i stepped into my body at 16 and it's, it's uh, ironically that's when i won nationals for the first time and i started martial arts and i was crying from being from happiness because i felt like i had purpose um, and the, the thing is, I had my I, I had nothing. They had no. I was acting out. I was a. Uh, I misbehaved tremendously as a kid. They put me in. Th- the The school mandated therapy, and the reason was I had I didn't have an identity. So my identity was like, how do I get attention from breaking mm-hmm. things in the back of the classroom and being a bad mm-hmm. kid? But now I am a martial artist. That is my identity. This is who I am. To the point where I. It it be it it grounded to me, because whatever there's a there's a saying, whatever you say after I am is what you become. If I say I am no good, I am worthless. I am I'm the worst. You're gonna believe it. Yeah. Like if I'm running if I'm running a race and I say I am tired, versus I am unbreakable. I could feel the same way, but it would change my state because my words are powerful. Mm-hmm. But now I had a new identity and the identity really shaped who i became and then when i stepped into my body as a 40 year old and i had myself at 22 and 16 and i embraced myself i said it all works out it's going to be okay and i cried from joy and um and i understand by but but being through that process i understand that the the if you truly love your kids you you don't want their life to be easy right if you truly love your kids the last thing in the world like that's a That's robbing them of the gift of like of of learning resilience. They will never Mm -hmm. develop callous. They will never get better. So, and listen, I'm I'm a a firm believer. Is I don't push my kids very hard. I I just make sure that they show up. They have to be consistent. And I go and I go. I don't. Your intensity is going to be dictated on you. You're having a crappy day. I don't care. Go through the motions, but you're showing Mm -hmm. up. Because if you give me five minutes. That's five more minutes than you wouldn't have not given me, yeah. And uh, and I and then at the end of the day, like we and I'm very careful about the, um, burnout. It, and I, I said well, the hormones will take care of itself when the kids hit that age. It always does. And then you so if you try to push too soon, you really want to what you're trying to plan for is. But we have like there's different stages of parenting. Uh, like zero through five is what we call the, the discipline years. And then from six through through uh, twelve is what we call the training years, and then to twelve to eighteen is what we call the coaching years, and then eighteen plus is the relationship years. So zero through five, they have to understand this is when you this is your time to learn that the, there's right from wrong. This is mm-hmm. this is if you do something, there's consequence immediately. Now in the training years is when they understand that this is when consequence has to play a little bit of a higher level. So yeah, when you go, okay, now if you, you have to understand that if you punch something in the face, you could go to jail. So you are going to get repercussions for this now. Yeah. Yeah. And if you, and and, and here's the challenging part. The 12 to 12 to 18 is the coaching years. This is where most parents mess up. They don't do their work on the front end, and they try to discipline or train a teenager. Mm -hmm. If you didn't do the work on the front end, you're going to try to micromanage a teenager, they will push back. And when they push back, that's going to mess up 18+, plus, which is your relationship years. Because you were such a jerk, at least in their mind, in your teenage years, that it messed up 18+, plus, which is your friendship and relationship years. So what happens is in coaching years, you're supposed to stand from the sidelines and be like, "Hey, you know what to do. You're going to make the right decision. You could be there if they make a mistake. You pick, you help them yeah. up, you give them direction. You can't micromanage anymore, but you will have to if you don't do your work on the front end."
1: For sure, I, yeah, I love that that concept. Definitely writing that down. The um those the to me those those training years. Right now, that uh, because I've got one in the training years, the other one about to be in a training year, Um, uh, but still sort of in the discipline uh, year. It's uh, I've been enjoying the training year, and I think that so. There's uh, Jordan Peterson. I've mentioned him probably 15 times on this on on my podcast in one shape way shape or form. But I'm a big fan of a lot of the stuff he talks about with with raising raising kids. And um, uh, one of the things he he uh, he discusses is is if you haven't trained your kid to be sociable by the time they're like four or five years old, like being able to, to not just lash out irrationally at people and all the stuff, you're going to have a much more difficult time doing that later. And that goes into this discipline years. Like you, like getting that straightened out early, allowing them to be like teaching them how to be sociable, teaching them what right and wrong is teaching them how not to lash out at you or other kids or anybody and not to be throwing, throwing a truck in a kid's face all the time. Like that, like, that needs to be taught early. Otherwise, you're dealing with a lot of more problems in the training years. And then in the training years, then we got like it just what a mess. Like the way you have that broken down, I really like the the, the thought process and concept behind that.
2: Well, thank you. Let me ask you a question. What yeah, is yeah. the best book? What is the number one book that you would recommend to somebody if they were having tr- tr- a challenge being sociable?
1: If Mike, if I would like, if the, uh, as if an the adult, adult as was an having adult. a challenge, or, the,
2: like, the, let's say,
1: um, I have no idea. You, I, I'm assuming you have a... a well, let's, let's think about classic hand, books.
2: How to Win Friends and Influence People.
1: Oh, yeah. Phenomenal one. Yeah, I've got that back. For,
2: right? Of course. Everybody... Yeah, of course. Every do. business yeah. person has that one, right? Yes. Yeah. We start to learn mirroring. We start to understand like, like how to win arguments or, or, or just to, to not fight everything. My daughter is very intense. And we watched... And here's the thing is I watched a, a breakdown. You ever, you've seen whiteboard videos? Of how to win friends and influence people with my daughter. Ah, Now, my daughter, for example, here's the thing is that's the first time she gets, she gets it. It's like, um, she's done this thing called hyper certification, which is a martial arts certification. The first time she did it was she was six years old. She didn't really get it when she was six, but it was there in her subconscious. Mm -hmm. This, she did it again and she like knew where she was going already. And by the third time she did it, she was like running the show. But she wasn't even paying attention. It was just absorbing it. Yeah. Does that make sense? And like, so even being around this, like one of the greatest things is like, we talk about like simple things, making eye contact, making, picking our battles, understanding Mm -hmm. that like, um, you know, one of the biggest challenges is are these things Oh yeah. because, and I see it right now in my teenagers and we talk about that fundamentals about communication because they don't have to understand to be able you and I have the ability probably just from our experience in business and everything we're doing, and and even sales in its sense, I can read somebody really well. Mm-hmm. I can change the conversation. I can know what's a sensitive topic and stay away from it. Right. And I, and I know how to pick my battles. But that comes from experience. There's a cheat sheet to that. You know, every, the reason the cheat sheet was every book we read, every, every, uh, every mentor we had, every seminar we went to. So when we're able to like take those little things and every time I go, whether it be, um, a, a to a Tony Robbins event, uh, it'd be a church, whatever, maybe I'm writing things down. But everything that, if it makes sense to me, I go, how do I explain this to a five year old? Mm-hmm. How do I, how do I explain? And I, I did this with five love languages. How do I explain? Because we had one month was friendship. We talked about and how to make friends. And I go, are you speaking to your friends the way they understand it? And I go, how do I explain the 5 love languages to kids? And we made it very simple. I mean, I, I go, are, are you shaking their hands? Are you giving them a hug? Hello? Are you giving them a high five? That's physical touch. Are you mm-hmm. telling them you appreciate them, right? Are you making them something on their birthday to show them the, the, the gift that they, you know, whatever it may be, you know, so we have to understand, are you communicating? Because you feel like there's there's a disconnect. But the the sooner we give, we empower these kids with knowledge, right? The, the And we think you're not taking it in, but they are, right? And, I, and I'll and I'll and I'll go off of that for a second. Besides just empowering, one of the biggest things that we can say is um, I'm going to give my biggest tip is the power in the whispers. So um, I, I only I think I'm only jumping into this because I really want to share it. And we can come back to this in a second. If whatever I say, l- let's say we we have uh, Diane right, Di- Diana, your your yeah. your, uh, your youngest, as she becomes a uh, uh, she's five or six years old and I'll be like, Diana, you're the best. And I'll be like, and then as soon as she turns back, you know, I, I, I start to, to whisper your, to your wife, be like she, you know, she's not really listening. She's not, you know, she's, she's making a mess all the time. She's, you know, hurting people. They listen to the whispers. Yeah. You know, if you talk, no matter what it is, your identity is more powerful than the whispers. Can you imagine? I'm having a conversation with, with you, and then I say, whatever I say behind your back is what you're really going to think. I think about you.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've that written down because you mentioned something about that uh, when we were at the Tony Robbins event about how you how you make sure that you're you're complimenting the things that you want your kids to know.
0: In the somewhere
1: else to somebody else, to uh, whisper to somebody else. But you know that they hear it. You know that they're understanding it. But like. The amount that that sinks in much more than sitting down talking to them and telling them how much you love them and telling them how much you think that they're like, boy, they're they're even telling you know Uncle Susan or Uncle Uncle Bob about that or you know like whatever like that's a like a, a powerful anchor for, anchor for a kid you know my my dad really thinks that about me and he's even yeah. bragging to somebody else about it
2: but, and, and, and you'll see it in the negative aspects I remember I do with so many oh, kids for sure. when when the, when the kids are like well I am a bad kid and I go. Oh, he believes he is the bad kid. Mm-hmm. Why? Because everybody and their mother is making too big of a deal out of something he did, right? At this one time, and now it's anchored as his personality. He yeah. thinks that's his identity. And now he just lives there, right? And I have it all the time. I have the kids that are misbehaving and I'm like, what happened? Like, what are we saying? What are we reinforcing? I mean, some parents mm-hmm. will be just completely emotional by not knowing that be like, why are you being such a bad kid? Like, yeah. I would go, uh, you know, obviously, you know, there's appropriate and inappropriate behavior. The words that we say, I go, that's not appropriate. Like we're not, you know, we're not the type of people that do those kind of things. Yeah. Right. And that's the way instead of saying, stop being a bad kid, you know, and uh, obviously now you don't understand when I say bad kid, they just think that's who I am. Yeah.
1: So yeah, that, that um, becomes but, our identity instead of something else. For that sure.
2: That becomes. But but yeah, the, I we you know I, I'm glad you took that away because that's probably one of my. I did not want to go get off this podcast without mentioning you know um, the the power of the whispers because it's yeah. one of our oh, we when we are conscious like when we're conscious of it we do it by accident like we do it all the time like mm-hmm. like oh she's had a rough day and you know she's being mean to everybody whatever it may be I'm like oh gosh yeah I go. You, what we got to do is, oh, man, look how tough our girl is. Yeah. She has been at camp, martial arts, gymnastics. She had the longest day ever. How resilient is this little girl? She's unbreakable. Mm-hmm. I thought I could. I mean, it, you know, your shoulders come back. You know, but yeah. if I said said it directly to she she's just gonna tune out <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like
1: exactly, yeah, yeah, that's what my boys do it's uh um, and I think it's it's natural for a kid anyways, especially with like you said the the parent becomes the parakeet right they're just like they're just a bird going away like they 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 need to hear it somewhere else, and I think just us talking to somebody else about them it gives them that that uh less of a parakeet noise, you know um
2: a hundred percent it's just it' it's also- resilience. But I, I I hear it from all the time from the parents. of like I you know,
1: <laughs> you
2: know I, your wife's Cuban, right? Yeah. So, so the parents always uh, grandparents always like, see, I told you, right? Uh-huh. Like <laughs> you hear uh-huh. that all the time, and like that's a, just, a, just like a repetitive Cuban thing, which is not. I don't encourage it, you know. Like, see, I told you, is not a point, but, but it's just because I they don't say it. But guess what? Like, I'll, I'll give you an example. I had this kid, okay. So he was, um, his name, I'll, I'll use his name because he's older now and the parents are very aware. His name uh, was Evan. And Evan was about five or six years old. Um, and my class would get loud and Evan would just kind of go like tune out and just like this. And I was like, what's going on here? Well, I can't, this kid's not paying attention. He's ADD or ADHD. There's got to be something there. The Parents don't know it yet. Is he on the spectrum? We don't know. And then I met his mom and the kid was putting his shoes on. She goes, Evan. <laughs> and the kid just, just, yeah, we're like, <laughs> just, just shuts out. And I'm like, Oh, that's his defense mechanism. Yeah. So then I started going like this. Evan. Hey, Evan, today I want you to put your hands like this. And he's like, good. I want you to go like this. And he was like, as soon as I talked to him in a slow, quiet pace, he absorbed everything mm-hmm. because he went to safe space. Yeah. He learned that pain comes from listening to mob scream. So he had to, like, we had to just, I, I go, oh, you're, you're doing is you, you've actually done more harm than good. And your kid does not have a disability. Mm-hmm. He's just going to his safe space. Yeah. He just is, he's just being reactive. He's just putting his, his hands up. Right. So what we had to do is I had to get him, like, it's like even when we want to talk to my wife, if I want to tell her, you know she her, she needs to work on her cooking. I'm not going to say this sucks. She'll never cook for me again, right? I'll got to go. Oh, babe, I love that. This is so great. I love chicken. Chicken is my favorite. Had a little bit more salt. It'd be great. But man, those peas are unbelievable. That's called PCP, right? We learn that praise, mm-hmm. correct, praise, a compliment sandwich. We learned that how to communicate because we're high level communicators. Most people don't even know that. Yeah. So we have to understand how do I get this? How do I get this one kid to get his hands to drop? How am I communicating to him? Right, so uh, you know, obviously, well, you know, all these things are those this, these things that I can experience through the years and kind of learn. My kids now I can apply it to my own children, right? And then also say, hey, listen, I can do more harm than good. Mm-hmm. You know, there's got to be a different way to communicate it to people. For me, I work. I react really well when people are explosive and intense. Yeah, like if you're talking like this, I fall asleep. If you're like Let's go! I'm like I'm with you, <laughs> right? but yeah. I'm different, right? So,
1: yeah, I I struggled a lot when I was uh, back when I was uh, an analyst guy. Uh, I had a a large inability to communicate. I thought I was communicating, but I had zero ability. It was I had one tone, and that was screaming. Like, and, and like, what a terror, like, and it was enforced by my, by my leadership, like they would send me out to go fix the problem children, right? Like, hey, this person's screwing this up, go fix it. So I was the guy who they always send a fix. So it was like, all right, so what i am going to do? I'm going to go fix it. And, and I would just start screaming at people, you know? By force. I was the NCO that just, yep, just it's it, Adam, go take care of it. Go take care of the problem. Go take care of the problem. Go fix it. Go fix it. Go fix it. So it was just bred in me to do this stuff. And then like now looking at it as, as a dad, I'm thinking to myself, what am I breeding into my kids? What am I telling my kids about to do? And same thing like at work um, with, with business stuff. What am I like, uh, the you know, our team members, what am I saying around my team members? How am I saying things around my team members that is enforcing them? in In a behavior one way, shape or form like i I was just pigeonholed into one position in my in in that job, and like it I felt like an idiot after afterwards being able to look back at it going boy, what inept but of course i was what twenty five twenty seven years old like it, I, it,
2: I did the same damn thing, so like yeah. the truth of the matter is like you're a man now with experience, like the man you were at twenty four is not the man you're at thirty four or forty four mm-hmm. right and you have to remember that so that and, and especially because of this yeah you know the fact that you continue to grow and learn and that's it there's like it's like a your kid goes to a store uh, uh, and takes something right all kids will do it right i told my and is this the worst thing in the world it's a teachable moment yeah the best thing that can happen actually so i can teach you you know, my daughter, when she was maybe a year or two ago, she we went to Office Max. I had to pick up thing. She went to pick up a keychain, and uh, and I, I said, "No, we can't have it." Just because you can doesn't mean you should. We're not, mm-hmm. you know, we don't need this. So we go, and then I, we come home, and she has a keychain on her, and I'm like, "There was consequence immediately." Yeah. I go back to the store. She has the big money. She pays for it. The guy's like, "You can keep it. Don't worry." I'm like, "No, you don't understand." <laughs> I go, I go, I go, she, no, she has to feel pain right now. Like there's yeah. gotta be a thing here. I go, the worst thing that can happen is she feels no pain because yeah. then she's going to know it's okay. I go, I go, we have to understand that. Like if I don't teach her consequence now, right? This there, she won't change later. Like this is why we do this. So I made a we made a, a, a big deal out of it. There was there's consequence in the moment when you were the kid, you can't punish a kid, uh, especially at you know six, seven, seven years old at the time. You know, uh, uh, two days later for what's happening right now, yeah. you got to find it. You know, it's like yeah. it's like a dog. You know, we, we always look at our kids and we think of them as like uh, they're so cute. They're small versions of ourselves, right? But they're they're more like wild animals. Yeah. Right, yeah, and, and, like, and and like that's the truth, right? Because what we have is they think they're so so cute. He says something like us, but they need to understand that there's they have to be there's mm-hmm. they have to be trained. Right? And they have to... uh, There's got to be reward and consequence. And it's very simple. But when you try to treat... Like, I always see like people think, like, no, let him decide. What? You're telling a (laughs) five-year-old he has to decide what he wants to do? You want to tell him what he wants for breakfast, too? Oh, I want ice cream and waffles? like, no. And you tell let him decide if he wants to go to school? That's why, like, you can't let a, a, a... Like, you have to understand, like... Things are not going to be fun. Like for example, martial arts is a good example. Eventually, things get tough, and yeah. then when the parents let the kid be in charge, guess what? You're having a bad day. You're going to quit. Mm-hmm. But that, then, what happens is we talked about this earlier. What happens if you if you quit quit something repeatedly? You become a, a quitter. Quitter. You become yeah. you lie repeatedly. Become a liar. So I go. I go. Forget about you. Don't understand. You're training patterns now. Like your training patterns. If you you ready to make the decisions, whatever your kid's about to do is you have to make a, a clear, concise, like we're doing this for this long, and then we can reassess at least. Yeah. But you're gonna, you know, it's not gonna you're not gonna jump around just because you feel a certain way, because your feelings, you know, I I've talked about this before, will always get in the way of your blueprint. Always. Yeah. So, yeah. like for example, you don't feel like working today, you don't feel like doing a podcast. But you wanna get that the ultimate goal was to. A hundred episodes by by a year, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like working out. My my, you know, I tweak my back. I I still got to do it. I'm going to work around it. I mean, what is rehab, right? Like at the end of the day, your feelings will get in the way of your blueprint. And if you let your feelings dictate that, you'll never finish school. You'll never finish anything because you're going to start to find a way out of it. You're going to find your way the easiest route because you know our brain has this like default to cutting things to the easiest route. I mean. I don't say the word refrigerator.
1: Yeah, we say fridge. Yeah,
2: we say fridge. <laughs> my brain doesn't want to take that many syllables. Yeah. We always take the easiest route, and it's just it's our nature. So we have to make sure that like whatever we're feeling right there, so we're going to have to just make sure that we are in, in charge of um, like in charge of keeping our blueprint in mind of what we ultimately want. Mm-hmm.
1: So so I think my- that that needs to be on the the parents. Part as well when they're thinking about uh, the you know going back to what you talked about having that in that moment making making sure they feel the pain of their bad mistake right um, uh, and I'm not saying it needs to be physical pain right just like you said with with Bunny like you're going back to the store and you're facing what happened and you're going through it but as a parent you also have to be cautious um, and it sounds like you're you're well on that way so or you're already doing this is is you are not making that decision with emotion either, right? You're not letting your kids' emotions run them, just like, but don't let your emotions run you. Because now if I'm creating that discipline with emotion involved, well, like, like, buddy, I, like I, I am only doing this because this is something you have. Like, we have to go through this. If I'm going, you're an absolute. Like, I can't believe you're doing this stuff. And now I'm acting out of anger. Well, now I'm teaching a completely different lesson than what my intended lesson was. You know, like uh, it, we need to control our emotions just as much as we want them to control their emotions. And I, I think as a as parents, at least I've seen it a, a lot. Is that it? It doesn't always happen. Like we see a lot of. Can I can I, give, can I
2: give you? An, can I give an example? No, oh, please. So. You live by water, right? Yeah. So your kids pick up rocks and throw them in the water? Yeah. They could do that all day, right? Yes. Yeah. Fun. You know why? Because the water makes a splash. hmm When you react, right, when you're, you're like a kid does something, you're the splash. Yeah. When, you're, when your kid does something, you, you need to not be calm as a Hindu cow. Right. Just I say because they're sacred in India, right? Yep. yeah. Yep. Just so you understood. Just to make sure. <laughs> so, like so they they they're so we have to be just chill in our reaction because if you're doing that, they're actually getting a dopamine mm-hmm. hit. Like we understand that, like and all of that. But to to go back to where you are, and my belief on the strap is the same. I'm sure with you, as yours, right now. Just from hearing what you say, if I if I hit my kid to discipline them and I've seen this happen over and over again because I've been teaching for 30 years that kids that are violent are usually disciplined by violence. Because Mm. let's say I hit my daughter because she's not listening. Right. When she, when she has a boyfriend and her boyfriend doesn't listen to her, how do, how do we solve problems? Got to hit him. Got to hit (laughs) him. Right. Yeah. violence is coming. And we've all know girls like that. Right. We all know guys like that. We all know people that we have been like, and the reason is it's a learned behavior. So, yeah. and, um, and we have like, when they try to use it, we say, Hey, that's not how we do things. We, 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 obviously you'll have, you have two boys in the house that are going to go rock and sock them. It's, mm-hmm. it's inevitable. Once the hormones kick in? Forget about it. Right. Yeah. But like, that's, that's a part of the process, but we have to understand like, Hey, this is not our go-to. This is not regular, yeah. obviously that was an emotional position you were in right now, but That's how we handle things, Mm -hmm. and they they have to learn that. Like that 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 comes through the the processes of like how am I dealing with this? Am I freaking out now? As a parent, does that mean I can't show my teeth? No, because my 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 kids need to know that this they need to respect that, and they need to know that this dog bites. Does that mean? But we have a thing in my house. I go, hey, like, go, like, I need to stop the behavior right now. It's a snap and and a. and it, what that's called is a if, if anybody knows like NLP, did you ever do any NLP, NLP or
1: anything? Mm-mm. No, Neural- it's called a pattern. The it's called Neural a pattern. P- yeah.
2: You do it. You did it to your wife. You did it with it making her laugh, right? She was in a pattern of like uh, being upset over her liquid gold and mm-hmm. you made her laugh and that changed the pattern, right? So for, yeah. for my kids, will be in a pattern of whining and i like this, will be a snap because it'll be it'll shock them. And we'll use humor. We'll change a state. But what you're mm-hmm. doing is you're change. You're doing pattern disrupt because they were yeah. in this pattern of whatever it may be, whining, martyrdom, fighting, and we need to do something to switch. And we can use humor. Like my kids, uh, any fart joke will work, right? You're like <laughs> your, your kid will be crying. I swear to God, I could do this to my my son will be crying over no reason. I'll just walk in there and I'll just look at him like this. And he'll just start laughing, like yeah. and I, I don't have to I do anything I just gotta, with
1: my voice, yeah. I, I and it's
2: just like <laughs> crying at the yeah. same time, and just because he's at meltdown at bedtime, and I'm and yeah. I have empathy as a parent, I understand, but yeah. you know, we you know, but so yeah.
1: So, you, you, but, you uh, said two things I want to make a comment on. Um, one, yeah. the uh, the liquid gold thing was actually before we started recording, so it's a funny story that uh, oh, yeah, the, the pattern, <laughs> disrupt, yeah, so so. Uh, when our first kid was was born, um, my wife my wife had pumped milk and it spilled. And uh, I said, well, it's better to have pumped and lost and never to have pumped at all. And she was already crying, right? And it just it broke it. Like you said, it was a good pattern pattern disruptor. But um, uh, for those who were not around before the recording, so it was... Uh, <laughs> That's
2: uh, just if, us. Besides God, yes. it, you know.
1: Uh, but uh, there was one... Uh, one other thing you said that the the, uh, the reaction, the water uh, splashing, is a reaction, right? So one thing that I've been been trying to really teach Adam, um, you know, he's he's eight, but it this is I think you know to your point, the training periods, right, where. Um, I'm trying to teach you the difference between reacting to something and responding to something, right? Responding is a little bit more active thinking about what you're doing as opposed to reaction is just the first thing that comes to your head. Yes. Um, you know, you're using your feelings when you're reacting as opposed to responding. You're using a little bit more logic. And, yes, you still have the feelings there, but you're able to control those feelings and work through the problem because uh, that's been our, one of the statements that we've said. If you ask my kids right now, you know, what, what's our motto? They're going to say stay calm and work through the problem because I don't care what the problem is. You need to stay calm work through the problem. Like where well, you're out swimming and my four-year-old, right? He, he got to a point where he, um, you know, he you could see that he was a little overwhelmed. He was literally in over his head um, <laughs> and he was trying to stay calm. So he put up the little I'm okay sign above the water as he worked his way back up, took a breath, and then made his way over to safety on the side of the pool. Like he was, he, nice. he, I was like, Unbelievably proud. Like, I I just jumped, like, I gave him a massive hug coming out of the water. I was like, dude, that was amazing. You stayed calm. You stayed focused. You got out of the water. You told me you were okay in the process. Like, you were thinking so well through that. You know, like, it was phenomenal to watch. But, so stay calm, work through a problem, something we always do. And now, like, trying to teach the react versus respond, Um, you know, because he, I don't know. he was doing something with his brother. I was out mowing the lawn or I was doing something. And I I was watching the way he reacted to his brother and I come over here and he, all he wanted to do is tell me what his brother was, what his brother was doing, why he was doing what he was doing. I said, I don't care at all what your brother was doing. I care how you reacted to it. I'll address Uh, stuff with your brother. I care how you reacted to it. Like you need to respond and realize, okay, this is why he's doing what he's doing. This is why I'm doing what I'm doing. This is not how I'm supposed to respond. You reacted with emotion and anger instead of responding with love and respect for your brother. Um, you know, and I know they're going to punch each other. I know they're going to get in fights, but you know, if I can use those moments that I see to try to ingrain the behavior that we're looking for, then I, you know, hopefully yeah, I'm doing it's, like right the, you're, we'll
2: you're, yeah. it's in adult terms. Are, your feelings are valid, but do they serve yeah. you?
1: Yeah. Right. Exactly. At,
2: yeah. So yeah. are they serving who, like, the, does this feeling serve me? And if not, then get rid of it because yeah. you know, it's the whole thing is who's in control of my thoughts, my actions and my feelings. I am right. Yeah. And how can, how quickly I could change it, you know, and, and, and a snap. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I want. If I'm going to give you one really powerful tool to take away, it's um, is what's called an amygdala shutdown. Are you familiar with this? or No,
1: I'm not. I will. Not. Okay. So
2: so now you have a you have a four year old, and this is and then you have a a, a a newborn, and we have what's called the fight or flight response kicking in. And this is yeah. when you go and your four year old, you take him to Target, and he doesn't get the cart that he wants. He doesn't get the race car cart, and he mm-hmm. melts down. Right. And he has a complete meltdown. Now, um, what happens is their fight or flight response had kicked in. And statistically, right, they they get a surge of adrenaline. And statistically, it takes 20 to 22 minutes for it to subside. So this happens in your house. Number one, you can wait. But understand that what happens in this time matters. So, in in this time, when the kid falls, uh, melts down. If you are in Target and you're like, "If you, if, if, I'll buy you this candy," if you, uh, you know, mm. if you just stop crying. Now, who's training who? Yeah,
1: your kid is training, training you. you that, yeah,
2: <laughs> that meltdowns equal lollipops, right? And this happens like if we have it in my martial arts school all the time because kids will have meltdowns on a regular basis because I specialize in three and a half, four, five year olds, and they'll come and they'll have this meltdown. And I say, parents drop them off and get out. If it takes 20 minutes for it to subside, I'm dealing with it, right? And what happens is, in this moment, we have a process that we go through. There's like a few things that we can do. The, the number one thing is they're in a. Um, so you can wait 20 to 22 minutes, and sometimes you just have to do that, like in your own mm-hmm. house. The other thing is you could do um, a state change, and one of the things is getting them to shift from emotional thinking to their logical side of their brain. So what I'll do is often is I'll get them to like name colors, right? Uh, Or, or do a simple, I'll do this. So we have stripes on our belts, the kids. And I'll go, Oh, Oh wait, wait, minute. let me see your belt. I go, what color is this? And they'll go green. And I go, Oh wait, so you have one, two, and this color is black. Okay. Black. Now how many color? how many stripes? There's three stripes. How many stripes left? They're like two, two stripes. Could you get two stripes? Yes. And sometimes getting them to just start doing colors and math and numbers Can shift them from their emotional side to the logical side of their brain. So, this is a way to, they also call it um, the uh, emotional hijacking or amygdala shutdown. So, this is a good way to get them out. The other thing is to share the load. So, let's say you get a a kid, like they, there's a, there's a study that people who, let's say you'll do an incline, you climb a hill. um, And they'll rate it, uh, they'll rate it on a scale of one to ten how hard it was. People will say eight. If I do it with you, on average, people were saying it was a four
1: mm-hmm
2: nothing changed about the hill is just that i had somebody to share the load yeah. it's kind of like you're painting a room by yourself hell on earth somebody just there makes all the difference right mm-hmm. so like sharing the load so you get down and oh this is the big one too parents don't do this All can you imagine that i talk to a kid and i go and i'm this is me and i'm going yeah. like that i you always have to get to them eye level i'll use physical touch and i'll get close to them and i'll make eye contact i'll touch them on their head and I'll give them I'll console them. I'm like, hey, I something it's okay. You know, like whatever it may be. I was like, I get it too. Some and I'll empathize. I so I get so mad sometimes when that happens too, right? But you know, it's this I, you know, I feel mad, I am not mad, right? Like it's a feeling, right? The feeling is what what is the feeling we're feeling right now? It's feeling like uh frustrated, angry, you know, scared, whatever it may be. So that feeling, but the truth of the matter is I also know that you are extremely tough and brave right and i start to share the load with them and i'm here with you and then we do all these processes we we make a connection we shift the state by you know doing colors and numbers and then worst case scenario none of that worked you wait 22 minutes (laughs) yeah (laughs) and and the truth of the matter is you're really good at state change you can make a kid laugh you can make your wife Mm -hmm. laugh you understand your own children but the biggest challenge and the big problem that people do is like, for example, if a parent comes and the kid says, has a meltdown and then they go home and they sit in front of the TV and they watch Paw Patrol and they eat cookies, mm. they understand that meltdown equals Paw Patrol and cookies. Yeah. I go, you really have to be understanding is that which wolf are you feeding? You know, are you, and then who's training who at the end of the day? And, and yeah. always is that and I have to remind myself who's training who, even with my own kids. Because it, you know it's it's like simple questions you can have to ask you ask yourself in in the process is like is he tr- conditioning me to do what he wants like the same thing is like um when my, my son falls down he gets more praise for being tough than he does he does you know that for being the toughest kid in the world he'll get he'll we'll, we'll blow him up instead of um and we actually uh, instead of uh, being a martyr you know mm-hmm. because kids will use. Six different types of manipulation to to, to manipulate their their parents, and um, it's um, it's badgering, threatening, martyrdom, um, intimidation, uh, physical tactics, and the butter up. So one of the what, biggest one is like if your kid says nobody loves me, this is a big one. If your kid tells me like nobody loves me, I, I hate myself. What it, what it, what's your, a natural parent's reaction to it?
1: Uh, no, I love you so much.
2: I love you very yeah. much. Yeah. So what did what did they just get?
1: They got, they got love, love for be- by talking I go, about how they're unloved. Yeah. Are you ready?
2: This is how I go. I go. What's role play? Go ahead. Nobody mm. loves me. Go. Go ahead.
1: Yeah. No, I love you very you, much, Anthony. No, no. You do. You're you're the kid. Nobody no, loves me. No. Nobody loves me. Nobody loves me. I sh- hey, that's
2: the dumbest thing I ever heard. I don't want to hear that ever again. You understand? That's enough. What What does that mean? What comes, from, uh, what comes from martyrdom?
1: Discipline. Pain. Pain. <laughs> pain. pain yeah. Right?
2: Yeah. Pain. I go, I'm not going to let you go. Like, no. Yeah. I go, you don't get love for that. I go, but if you tell me, like, I am the best. I'm like, you are. Come here. Come yeah. here. Like, let me get, let's, let's, we are, I'll now pick you up, hooray. Like, whatever it is, it, it feeds confidence. But people mm. don't realize they do it because it sometimes it just fits their needs for being needed.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: You know, know. and I I go, but that's, that's not, that's not part of the blueprint. That doesn't build resilience. That doesn't build that confidence. That doesn't build the uh, the ideal person that I would want to be right. Like because we'll see patterns of people are literally sick that aren't sick because they get more attention for being sick yeah. than they do for
1: Munchauser syndrome, yeah. Munchausen. And yeah. The, yeah. yeah. And in the case with your kids, is by proxy, like if I can, you know, if, if you're you're not raising your kids for you, you're raising your kids for them, right? So, uh, you know, you you want them to be self-sufficient individuals that aren't that you're not needed.
2: Say that anymore. again. Say that again. That was beautiful. You say that again. Yeah.
1: Oh boy. Not, Good luck on me repeating it. Right? You're, not, you're, not, you're not raising, raising your, kids, your for you. kids for you. You're raising it for them. You're raising them for them. Right. Um, that's know, so, beautiful. And I've, something you said to remind, I've got up here on my board, it says the three monsters. This says resistance, um, uh, distraction and victimhood. And I put don't feed the monsters. Right. So, you know, victimhood is one of those that we see everywhere we go nowadays. And people want to feed that all the time. And that's in that scenario, what you were just talking about. Nobody loves me. Nobody yes. You're a victim. You're a victim. No, don't, don't feed that nonsense. Right. Um, you know, resistance to doing hard things, resistance to to work. You're like, no, like, don't don't feed that. No, you know, that, that's one of the monsters yeah. that's going to prevent you from being successful. Um, and same thing with distraction. So distraction, uh, yeah, It's easy. I don't like. Yeah.
2: yeah, obviously, that I love that. You know, I'm. I'll give I'll, I'll you one of the biggest one that comes into disguise. And then my son is a butter up, so the butter up and to kids get, getting what they want because this one is weird. This is the trickiest one. The butter up will go. Oh, dad, I love you so much. You know, and then my wife falls for this because she's worth of reformation. Uh-huh. And she's like, can I get one of these? And she's like, yes, sweetheart, you know, whatever it may be. But here's the thing is that one's tricky because it's like, that works in life too. You know, yeah. like you can actually, he's going to be, he's going to go far if he knows how to like use it. But at the same rate, I have to understand like, no, no. I, for me, it doesn't fall work for me because I'm like, I know what you're doing. Yeah. I know. No, absolutely not. You are not getting Pokemon whatever. Like done, like 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 you have to earn it. I go and I like like my son said he wanted a bass guitar, right? And I go, sure. You have to run ten miles to get a bass guitar. I go, I go because guess what? If I give you that, you're not going to. Who cares? You're not going to appreciate yeah. that bass guitar. It doesn't yeah. mean anything. You're you didn't earn it. earn it. Yeah. Yeah. So we don't. I don't give it. I I make a conscious effort not to give. I said, look, do I want my kid to play bass guitar? Yes. But I made the mistake before in the past of just like buying my daughter a drum kit because I want, you know, and then like now mm-hmm. it has dust. Yeah. Like you, didn't, you didn't earn it. Right. Yeah.
1: And, and I have a question for you. Did, did you buy that drum kit? Because And it almost sounded like you did this. That's why I'm asking. But did you buy that drum kit because you wanted her to have a drum kit or did you buy the drum kit? Cause she actually wanted a drum kit.
2: She was playing, she was in school of rock and, and okay. she, and she was like, you have to pick the different, uh, and She liked drums the best. And I was like, let's mm-hmm. get the drum kit, you know? And then, yeah. so, but she was also at that point where she doesn't understand how to put the time in herself and yeah. practice by herself. For sure. Like I, she's not even at that age yet. For me, it took to my hormones kicked in. It didn't happen. Like, I didn't yeah. know how to like work out. Like I didn't know how to like put an extra time and kick a tree by myself. I would do it. My son cartwheels around the house and does picks up nunchucks, but he's not like doing reps. You know what I mean? But, yeah. Like I, I, I watched enough karate movies that I try to be every montage that I ever was because I was, had a muckle. <laughs> you know, so
1: that's what yeah I, with with the golf thing that's where we're at right now with with Adam like I want to I want to see him do reps but he's not ready to go out there and do reps yet you know like he's angry that other kids are doing better than him there's a couple kids that are a little bit better than him at golf and I'm like well they're They're already at the rep stage. You're not, you know, I haven't put it in this this language yet, but they're at that rep stage where they're, they're doing it over and over and over and over and over again. So they're strengthening that, that muscle where, you know, you're you're not there yet, you know?
2: And here's the big thing. Whenever I say parents in sport, I go, think about the long game. Because honestly, it's about consistency over intensity. Because, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, too intense and you will burn out, right? Like and you just have to go like, hey, let's just make sure that you show up because the 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 bottle at the end of the day, and then as long as you understand consistency of intensity, you don't take breaks. You just are you just got to keep going. Yeah. Like and that's it. We stick to our schedule and we go and we go we go. We get good and graphs get good just because we do it more than anybody else. Mm -hmm. My kids, I mean, like I don't know if you understand like uh, what a pistol is, but both of my kids could do pistols and they could jump rope and do double unders because I was consistently. Doing like what we call like uh, progressions of that, and jumping rope, and doing these things that are I I think are fundamental. Like my kids can do pull ups, they can do single leg squats, they can do double unders. Mm -hmm. But I didn't go. They weren't just talented. We just started with one jump rope, and I gave them a goal: you have to do five jump ropes. And then my daughter did, you know, has to do a thousand jump ropes and you know three stops and whatever it may be. And my son can do pistols and pull ups, and it was. And People understand. I just am obsessively consistent. I put it in yeah. my schedule, and we do it. And I go, "That's it. You're going to show up, and you're going to do your work." Then I go, well, "Do you have to do it uh, r- r- like? R- r- do you have to do it like really intense?" I go, "I don't care." I go, "You just got to do it." And, yeah. and uh, like, and then and some days we have horrible days, like horrible days. I have both of my kids wanted to quit for, uh, when they were about five years old for about three months. And they gave me about five minutes of class in a thirty minute class but I, five minutes, three times a week is 15 minutes a week over a year. Mm-hmm. I know that's, that's 15 minutes a week more than you would have not done. I go, you didn't yeah. have that option, but like you, you just showed up. I go, uh, it's not an option. I go, I'm not trying to make sure that it's, uh, we're thinking long game here. I'm not trying yeah. to think, I'm not trying to have you become a world champion overnight.
1: Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It's, you know, I, I I tell my, tell Adam, you know, he's the only one in sports right now, but I tell him, I said, I don't, you know, if you end up wanting to switch later, that's great. But for right now, you're, this is the commitment you made. This is what you're doing, right? The season is over here. Like you're going to go to every practice. You're going to show up to every match. You're going to show up to all the stuff. Once yeah. it's over, then we could reassess. Yeah. But like consistency is key. If this is what you want to stick with, so um, can I ask
2: you a question? So what he's in? Um, he's, so he's in golf. Yep. How, how many times a week?
1: Uh, three times a week. Three times a week.
2: Yeah. So what? Here's this is my advice. So what happens is like, obviously if I I see this all the time, what other sport could help his golf the best?
1: Uh, I actually, because of the mental part of the game, martial arts is actually one of the things I've thought about getting him into because the mental aspect of, of the confidence of keeping his brain where it needs to be.
2: Well, here's the thing is, and here, this is why I say my daughter My son do three times a week. They do martial arts. Mm -hmm. The rest of the week they do gymnastics. Yeah, and I go, I I go, and like you know why? Also, they have school of rock, and we have like all the. But but my big thing is I don't. I want them to have something every day, but I don't want them to be burnt out from martial arts. So I think it's like let's say I do six days a week. By the time your son's twelve, he's like I and I see this happen. Like my friend Casey Bergner that I mentioned before, he hated. Like Olympic lifting by the time I was at the Olympic training center. Mm -hmm. He was just muscling through it. He wanted to play guitar, like sublime covers on the beach. Like that's all he wanted to do. Like he was at that point in his life because his dad was an Olympic coach. And every time at breakfast, he'd be like, all right. So when you're sticking your landing and I'm like, (laughs) you know, you want to burn a kid out. That's the way to do it. Yeah. I go, you, you," what I'm doing is I'm like, I'm giving gymnastics is taekwondo without hitting people.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. So
2: I go, I, and I go, and it's also fundamental for like conditioning in general. Like if you just want mm-hmm. general strength, you will be better and more agile with like gymnastics. And I, I go, that is a great translation. I go, I, I, and I'm going, and then we add running myself because that's a different kind of conditioning.
0: But mm-hmm.
2: I go, uh, you know, you want to put, you want to be better, put it in the arrows. You know, obviously, yeah. if I can, my kid can do a cartwheel and a pistol and a pull up. It, it, he's getting fed from both sides, but he's not like. I'll give you an example. Your 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 son is um goes and they are he's playing in the pool all day, uh, you know. And then he goes to the park, and then he goes to play laser tag. Is he bored? No, no. But he just did five hours of something, right? Yeah. But if your son goes and he does five hours of laser tag, yeah, he gets old fast.
1: Oh, he's like bored. the whole
2: like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. So the the goal is to be like, how do I, and I know this because as an athlete, I had to, I developed my programming around like my weight training and conditioning was mm-hmm. was based on my high days and low days was, was based around me not burning out from training, kicking eight days a week. Yeah. Like I just had to supplement and I had to do stuff that was sports specific and relative, but it also kept me motivated right like because if you're just in the same thing it becomes groundhog's day it's rough
0: you know
1: yeah so there for a little while i felt like that's what was happening and it was only it was only three days a week but it was you know it was i mean two three hours at a time you know so still (laughs) a lot of a lot of hours when you're talking an eight-year-old kid It's like man that's this could get exhausting right so you know I, i did fear that for a little bit which is one of the reasons that like we have a net up in the backyard he smashes balls in the back all the time um, but it was like, hey, if you like, if you want to take a break, you don't have to go in the backyard to start smashing balls. Like it's, you know, I totally get it. Let's go do this. Let's go yeah. do that. You know, and I really, I really do want to get him into. Um, I've thought about the gymnastics thing, uh, gymnastics or martial arts or something. Yeah. I told him I, that uh, you, I want to get him- the,
2: those are both good, especially strength training and gymnastics, because yeah. it'll give him balance. Because everything he does is going to be right-handed, right? Yeah. So and and that, that we know that because. If you know every golfer, you know, has a horrible back. I mean, look at the goat, right? Besides the car accident, he was all messed up anyway, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. like, and, you know, they, so we, we all, we know that, that, that what is gymnastics? It's the fundamentals of strength training mm-hmm. because you got to do chin up right, chin up left. Everything's got to be balanced. That's why I have my kids in it. It's an easy transition. And guess what? My kids are going to hormone out anyway because. My everybody in my wife's side is like six plus, and they're already on tracking. So six foot plus,
1: yeah, they're yeah. tall. Adam Adam already loves doing all the flips and jumps and twists. So it's like a it's a no brainer for him. You know, to get him on something like that. I told him that I want to put them in jujitsu. Once I found out that we had we we're having a little girl, I said I'm going to get you guys in yeah. jujitsu because they put dads in jail, but not big brothers. So it's going <laughs> to be your job to protect uh, your little sister. So yeah, but, I, so they they've been wanting to do something. So.
2: Listen, and, and like I said, just, you know, do your homework. And then uh, obviously for me, it's just about diversifying, you know, mm-hmm. you know, you're not going to, in. you know, it's kind of like uh, Sam, right? Our, our good yep. friend of ours, yep. he does, he's kind of got, he's got uh co-living and Airbnbs, right? Yep. He's got like recession, no recession, you know, he's kind of yeah. like, got this balance in life. Then, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's, he's, he's plus uh, all his both schools. So <laughs> plus, yeah, he's, he's deep. So, he got like, yeah. so like, yeah, but, but the thing is, he's diversifying. And the same thing with my yeah. kids. And I go, if I, here's the thing, your kid playing golf right now, if they have a gymnastics background and she's, uh, and they're doing it like, or, or martial arts martial arts is different because that's more like, if depending on the school, if they have character development is a good mindset mm-hmm. to it. That's the one thing challenge with most gymnastics schools is they don't attack that. And yeah. uh, that's why it's important that we have both in my house. Um, but if you have like, let's say you have a a gymnastics background and now he wants to play, he wants to wrestle. He's got the strength Mm -hmm. of anybody, any wrestling coach would be like, give me a gymnast. Yeah. Right. Or let's say he, you know, you know, any other sport it's transferable because all it was is they just do strength training Yeah. and then eventually learn how to do cartwheels and stuff.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So. And Adam Adam is all about that. Like, he'll he'll show me how many pull ups he can do. You know, all the time he's like, "Yeah, let's see if I can do I can do." Like we're at the golf awesome. course and he's doing pull ups on the golf cart. I was like, "Dude, that? that's great! That's yeah, super he, cool." He loves it. It's it's so much fun. You, you said, said six back
2: you should send a little goal sheet for him too on his on his pull ups.
1: Yeah, you know, yeah.
2: yeah. Do that. We have we have one in my house. The P, we have a PR board. So my kids, nice. we, every time they hit a, a personal record, we put it up on the board.
1: Nice. So, yeah, we had yeah. uh we had a competition on who can do the most amount of push-ups in 1 minute. Yeah. Um and okay. he he knocked out I think 58 I think it was. Oh my gosh. Um, oh, you, geez. So- you gotta, you gotta, I do more like, like, oh. time. I said, buddy, not all of those were all the way up and all the way down, though. So, ah, I'm giving yeah. you, I'm giving you a little bit of leeway here. But yeah, he. Uh, That's awesome. Uh, yeah, he he loves that sort of stuff. I, I haven't fed that much either. Like, I don't know where where he gets it from. I think actually in gym class they were doing some competition, and that was enough to feed him. Like it was like, okay, oh, right. competition. You have, you have nature. I'm good
2: at this. Yeah. I I believe that we're 50 percent nature and 50 percent nurture.
0: Yeah.
1: You
2: know, and uh, you know, like there's the people who are just. Naturally, a certain way. And obviously, like, for example, we have kids that are, you know, that are a little bit more reserved. We call it acquired confidence. We never use the word shy because shy is labeling, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And shy will become like their identity. So you'll have that, p- And then what you got to do is the rest of it, nurture has got to be like, how do I get them out of this, right? Mm-hmm. They're they're going to be their their proximity, their atmosphere, their, uh, their you know, their role models. They're, they're going to play the role on who they become. So obviously, like he has, if he has a nature for it, um, you know, we say that um, if you are uh, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard enough. Right. Yeah. But if, um, yeah, yeah. If, you have a ta- if you have a kid who's naturally talented and gifted and they work hard, they become the Michael Jordans of the world. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think it was, uh, somebody- so Patrick, Pat, what? David's a guy I like to listen to on the entrepreneur side of the house. And um, uh, he, he was interviewing uh, who was it? Uh, who's that uh, famous basketball player who died in a helicopter crash? Just recently, um, Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant. So he was interviewing Kobe Bryant, and he said, uh, "He said, you know, who would Shaq be if he had your work ethic?" Right. And uh, Shaq got angry at the question because he had already been interviewed by by Patrick Pet David before too. But I was like, dude, like it goes to that, that thing, right? Like if y- you can have all the talent in the world, but if your work ethic doesn't oh, keep Shaq up with it, back. you're like, I mean, yeah, the, I met, the work uh, is going Kobe. to take it.
2: I met Kobe in 08. I have a picture with him at, um, at the nice. uh, Olympics. Yeah. That's so, awesome. Yeah. But, that, yeah. but I agree with Not to name drop or just got sidetracked or anything, but yes, you know, hard, it makes all the difference. He was an for,
1: unbelievably hard worker. Like
2: I, I, I was, and I was driven by them. Here's the thing is I don't, talent is fine, but you know, if Malcolm Gladwell talks about like, it, they talk about how talent is irrelevant at a certain point. And I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, you know, they say that people who, who've done something for 10,000 hours become mm-hmm. masters at it, rather it be, you know, master criminals or, um, you know, great at martial arts or playing the violin or golf. If you're six to seven, uh, 7,000 hours, you're good enough to teach. And if you are about 5,000 hours, then you're just good, right? You just mm-hmm. got enough. So the, the truth of the matter is, and they say that your talent after a certain point, it doesn't matter. Cause you will just surpass it. It'll just be like at the point where those many hours, doesn't yeah. matter how talented you are. You're just too far ahead. Like it's that, you know, it's, I didn't stop the time my shoe. you know? Yeah. So
1: <laughs> there's a, a friend of mine that, uh, formal, former, uh, special forces guy. He just posted recently. I'm um, talking about diminishing skills, right? Like he's got a lot of, a lot of talent uh, and a lot of skills as a, as a former operator doing a lot of shooting, and then he hadn't been shooting in a while. He's you know in real estate and whatnot now, and um, you know he went out and started shooting. He was like, I'm realizing how quickly you know it's a diminishing skill. You've got to keep putting in the effort. You've got to keep putting in those hours. If you don't put in those hours, it's gonna it's gonna float away, you know. So and skills that's anyway.
0: and you're talking yeah, about a social are...
1: forces operator, you know, who <laughs> like this is this is what he did for a living was do this type of yeah. stuff, yeah, so. But, you know, it'll, it'll, uh, it'll just uh, bear on you. So
2: a hundred percent skills are, skills are all perishable. So, yep. yeah, but uh, no, and obviously look, the, the, uh, my big thing is, is whenever you have a goal with, uh, with your kids is to be consistent with it. And it, no matter what you're doing, um, mm-hmm. the, what my kids have, like we talked about talent. I go, I don't really believe, I mean, there's some talented, them. I mean, you could have, but my kids, we, I've just done a lot of work on the front end at an early time. So I'll give you an example. They started um, running. You know, my daughter is not built for running. She does not. Your son probably can run the, the way you described his body. He's probably lean. He can do chin-ups. Mm-hmm. My daughter is built like a brick house. She can. She's built for deadlifting. She's like got my body type, <laughs> right? Running is we we don't we but we run because we understand yeah. what the benefits of it. Because we say engine first, right? When you have a good engine, you have the endurance to be able to do anything. i like the military, Navy SEALs, whatever it may be. Understand, there's a reason that you know that they have that that uh, version of that. The reason you have to run so much because if you're if you have the lung capacity and the endurance, then you can do anything for a long period of yeah. time, right? So, um, but the way I created these habits in my kids is I, I said we're running three days a week: Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday. I know how much are we running, and people don't realize that we started with 200 meters mm-hmm. until. She asked me to run more. I didn't want to make this such a horrible... Because what, what happens is most people, yeah. their experience with like, why do people hate going to the gym? Most of the time, it's a horrible experience they had in the past. Whether <clears throat> gym class or they went one day to the gym and they got so sore, they never want to go again. Yeah. Right? And, or they got hurt or whatever it may be. So the goal is to get to get them to ask to more and then celebrate the hell out of it. Make a big deal out of it you know, whatever it may be. And then here's the thing is she ain't running by herself. I got to put the time in my, too. I got to leave from the front and I I wear a whoop, right? Mm Are you you familiar with this? Yep. And my strain uh, is higher than just from teaching is higher than most people that work out like three times a day. I I am so, you know me personally, I'm so intense that just teaching like I'm at a 20, like every day yeah and uh, my strain and that's that's really high and after all that my workouts my you know my teaching whatever i got to do from running around and running all my uh, businesses then i got to get leave make sure i go run with my daughter
1: mm-hmm. but i
2: got to get it done so that's my responsibility as a parent you know no matter what i feel like no matter what kind of day i had because i know my ultimate goal is you know and I, I also be we have requirements. Like I'm like, no, you have to be able to, um, we have, I love our belt system because we have, by the time my, my son gets the brown belt, he has to run two miles, right? He has to do it in 22 minutes by brown with a black stripe. Mm-hmm. So I have goals set for me already. And I want to, and I do my homework. We're going to get ready for this. And, I, and that's what I do with my daughter. And in the process, we're just like, Hey, let's run a 5k. And we got her to run 5K, and then next thing, we a week later, we signed up, in, and it, w- it became an adventure. We drove. We went to this 5K. She had the best time ever. It was called the nice. Disco 5K. So they're playing music, and she got first place. That's awesome. Pro- well, that's all. She was seven, and there was like, yeah, there was not many people in this seven-year-old division. Still. So just finishing, she, she was like 36 yeah. minutes. It was still great time, you know, decent time. And um, it was just because she, you know, she and now she. She wants to go. There's a, another thing called the Zombie 5K coming up in uh, uh, in October, and she wants to go because she has this positive association to running now. Mm-hmm.
1: So yeah, my son I think would want to do the same thing. I'll have to get him out there and do some <sighs> more running with him. That's, a, yeah, th- that's that it. was and an I, inspiration for me to to get out. I need to go out and do some more running. So it's good for me to to do. Uh, I think doing that with him would be awesome.
2: Yeah, like it, it, listen, and here's the thing: is that you can also. Um, I had a dad who's like who doesn't. Uh, really have a connection with his daughter. He goes, I, I don't know. He doesn't like playing with dolls. He doesn't like this. I go, mm-hmm. find something that you both like to do. You know, like there's no you can have your cake and eat it too. That's yeah. a that's a growth mindset. Yeah. You know, everybody has a piece of cake is a fixed mindset, right? Like that's it. That's enough cake for there. I go, no, you find a happy medium, a win-win situation. You just keep pivoting till you find stuff that you like to do, right? Yeah. If you like, if you like watching football games, take a plane and go on a trip with her and make Mm -hmm. it a big thing. You know, I don't care what it is, like, but connect, like, it doesn't matter what it is. And for me, I want my kids, my biggest thing is I want to be able to have an, I am big on adventure. I want to adventure with my kids and I want to grow with them. So there's things like, um, they have this thing called the martial arts super show and in the martial arts super show, she gets to she gets to train with people like that are high level, like um uh, Leona Machida and Chris Cyborg, all these like famous fighters. She yeah. gets to work out beside them. And I get to work out beside them. I mean, it's like the most fun thing ever. And it's and it's a convention. So they got to go out and take pictures with the guys from Cobra Kai and they get to nice. you know, like do all these cool things. And and you know, me, I'm like in a situation like that, that's like my Disney World. So I'm like,
1: Yeah, you're
2: sure get, you can yeah. have that one. Right, like, like we, and and now she, you know, she's hungry for, but we're learning at the same time. Yeah, because every everything is like they have a business side. I'll go to a business clinic, and then they'll she'll learn how to use a knife. They'll do knife clinics, and she's like one of the youngest people there, but she's a part of the culture now. Mm-hmm. And I'm um, I mean, like, what I'm doing is like I'm, I literally took her to karate combat on Saturday for me. We were going to go watch fights. And she got to meet Boz Rutten, and she like she was able to like kick this power thing in front of Luke, Luke Rockle. I'm mentioning names that if you don't follow martial arts, you have no idea what I'm talking about. But it was it's, it was super cool for her because she was you know it, yeah. she gets to be celebrated,
1: right? That's all. Awesome. So,
2: but yeah, That's but there's cool. a lot of things like we we're big on like opportunities
1: yeah and that's what i mean that's one thing that you know we i think adventures for kids is by far i mean it's so much better than material things anyways right so take them out on something celebrate each other like have fun like they don't need another toy they need more they need more you know time with their parents they need more of that connection whatever it is like i mean what is it how do kids spell love t-i-m-e right so you know figuring out where it is that you you can spend some good quality love time with them to where, you know, you're having a great time and enjoying and they remember it forever. Those are always the best events for me growing up was just wherever we had an adventure. So, you know, I want to feed that same thing with my kids. And
2: I'm pretty spontaneous. I, I, I'll, I'll, and I'll show you what we did with anchoring. Um, I went on one time, my daughter wanted to go, uh, I sorry, we were running, we're preparing. She wasn't feeling it that day. And it was prior to Halloween and she wasn't having a good, she was like, ah, I'm not feeling, I don't want to run. I want to, she was mm-hmm. watching TV. I go, We're going running. Come on. I go, We just got to show up. You don't have to run that far. We're just going to run. So that's negotiable for me is the distance. Yeah. I go, We're just going to run a mile. We end, we end up running. And then we ran into a friend and they were going to a haunted house. So we went and she had the best time ever. We ended up running the whole two miles afterwards. Like she yeah. did. It. She was so happy. She got candy. She's like, And the whole time I'm going to, I go like this. I go, aren't you glad you left the house today? And she's like, yes. Yeah. I go, remember that feeling because of nothing comes nothing. Yeah. I go, the adventures await you. If you leave the house, adventures will come. And I go, and now, I so I anchored that in. And now when we go for a run, and if I see a, like a stray dog, I've saved like three dogs, by the way. I saw like a pit bull and I like chased it down and we like got into headlock and we ended up bringing it back to the owner. And now this becomes an adventure and we're like, we're we're like Caesar Milan now. We're like catching dogs and, <laughs> and and you know going on adventures. And every time I see any opportunity, like I'm not like, come on, we're gonna hit 21 minutes. I'm like I'm like, what can I do to make this experience better? Yeah. What story can I tell? What you know at the end of this? Like what? Um, how can I make her happy that she showed up today?
1: You know, yeah. that's awesome all right well i think that is a a solid spot to uh uh to kind of end, end the chat um i think that that finding those things i mean I, i've got a, a ridiculous amount of notes here uh, consistency is greater than intensity i mean um, the uh the the six uh you know the badgering threatening martyrdom i wrote all those down i mean they, there's been some fantastic stuff we've chatted about i really hope that uh, well i know that um I, I, don't think, I don't think I told you this part, but the reason I started this podcast is to steal everybody's good ideas. Um, and then if somebody else gets something out of it, great. Um, if not, then at least I did. Right. So, I mean, I got a bunch out of this. So hopefully uh, somebody else listening did as well. Um, but thank you so very much, Anthony. I, I knew that I was going to be uh, thrilled at the end of this, having a conversation with you and t- chatting about that Probably. stuff. I mean, I... Um, you know, just, just the, the connection we had, like you said, at the beginning and that, that week that we spent together was, was awesome. And just hearing about the, you know, the, the love you had for your kids and your family. And, um, you know, as, as a business and uh, as a businessman is just awesome to, to see. So thank you so much for, um, inspiring me and, uh, and jumping on the podcast and I'm sure inspiring some other folks. So thank you so very much for joining brother.
2: Uh, listen, I'm, I'm, like I said, we're like-minded, we're kindred spirits and, uh, I can't wait to come spend some time with you and spend some time and have our family spend and, and do Absolutely. some crazy adventure together because you know, we're the first people to jump in the lake. Right.
1: Darn right. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Sometimes, so uh, literally, so <laughs>
2: literally, right. So like, um, and, uh, and that's, and that's the kind of house that we, 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 uh, we, the graph house, so we, we thrive off of spontaneity and we encourage it. Yeah. And, um, you know, we want people, we want our kids to live our lives, you know, to, to, you know, and to get off. We, you know, we don't, my kids don't have uh they're not allowed to do ipads they're not a lot to do mm-hmm. and so with that being said there's a lot of work on the parenting part right yeah for so sure. and um you know that i'm not judging people that do like when they look when they travel they have their ipads to go with and that's yeah. it but Something, um yeah. yeah but for us we know that I, I for me video games are a no-go because i know how addictive they are and um i know that like if they could just be
1: a life suck
2: so, I mean, yeah. uh, like, honestly, what, what's the distraction? You had it up on the board, right? That's the biggest monster.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, yeah. That's the so, thing I told my boys. I don't, I don't have any video yeah. games in the house. They don't, they don't get to play them. We, I, I just bought a new Apple TV, something or other, and I, we downloaded one of the video games that he has on his iPad for when he travels. <laughs> I, it, it popped up on yeah. there when I signed in. And I had to delete it because they started playing the video games, and then you could just see the emotions, the way it happened, and the distraction. Said, "Nope, they're gone. Like I can't, can't, can't have it." You know?
2: Listen, uh, I got my, I, and I'm on the same page with you because we have to understand the greater good, and we yeah. know they are the devil, right? Like, yeah. But I, I want to say that you know that's why I like even more because that's that's something right out of my book. If it's if it's if it's not serving me, I'm getting rid of it. Yeah. And uh, I can't wait to see you again because I know that just being around you makes me better. So uh, you and your wife. that beautiful baby for me. And, uh, absolutely. Thank you so
1: much for this opportunity. Thank you again, Anthony. Greatly appreciate
0: it. All right. Bye. Peace. See everybody on the next one. Thank you so much for listening to the biz dad podcast. We hope you found some value in your time here with us, and we look forward to bringing you the next episode. If you've enjoyed today's show, please subscribe and share. So you and your friends won't miss our upcoming episodes. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Rumble, where we continue these discussions and share more valuable content. Be the dad you know you need to be and run your business in a way you're proud to share with your kids. Keep crushing it.